You're listening to Building the Game with Rob and Jason. It's Building the Game with Jason and Rob. For tabletop game design, you really can't go wrong. Building the Game, yeah, Building the Game. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday. You know what? We didn't come up with a topic for tonight. Let's talk about this email. Okay. Uh, today is Monday, January 7th, 2018, and you're listening to episode 345. My name is Rob. Jason is sitting across me snapping his fingers. I was trying to think of a 2019 wrap off the top of my head, and I couldn't think of anything. No? Okay. So what I came up with. All right. Off the Dude, top of my head. Go. It's bad. You ready? I'm it's ready. Bad, right? I'm ready. I'm ready. Hello and welcome to Building the Game. 2019 will never be the same. We're going to pitch a game ideas that are going to be lame. And we will never get board game fame. There, that's actually that's not bad. That's, that's actually bad. way better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm I not literally gonna... went into that with 2019 will never be the same, and the rest just was no, just I'm... just spitting. You know, as they say, spitting. They say that. I never understand that. Like spitting, it just sounds spittin', gross to me. Spitting, like rhymes. yeah. Well, so the big news though. The big news is it's not the last day of the year anymore. No. The other big news is. Pablo Schulman. Pablo Schulman. Yes. Our new favorite builder in the whole wide world. The whole world. wide world. He's an international builder. He's from Brazil. And we waited to highlight Pablo until 2019. Because That's right. This is the year of Pablo. It's the year, it's of, the year Pablo. of Pablo. Okay. It's the year of Pablo. The, at least the next every other episode likely for the next Something several like weeks. Right. Is the episodes of Pablo. Right. It's going to be great. Yep. We're starting the year of Pablo. Pablo Schulman. Pablo sent us some Brazilian sodas. He did. So he sent us a message and said, and you guys may have seen it on Twitter, some of you yeah. who follow us really closely. He said, hey, I'm um, coming to the States. Should I smuggle you in some soda and send it to you? Uh, and we were like, yes. I mean, if it's not too hard, yeah, that'd be <laughs> yes. great. And uh, you know, over the years, we've had builders do very nice things for us, um, which is always cool. I mean, right? We don't, we don't ask you for any money or anything. And, and when you do something cool just randomly for us, that really makes our day. Like, it's just super oh, it's nice. So cool. and, when, and I'm not soliciting for more of you to do that, honestly. No, just, no, 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 no. I'm just saying no. how much we appreciate it when you do, right? It's super cool. I, I've had builders buy me drinks, buy me dinner, like random stuff. Like, and it's just like, I mean, it's just like, it's so unexpected because I feel like we're just, we're just talking at these stupid microphones. We're in just front friends of us, hanging you know? out, right? Yeah. Like, and we happen to be putting our experience uh, on the line, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that, right? Um, yeah, I guess. So we happen to be doing that. And uh, it's, you know, so uh, so let's start out. Uh, we, so Pablo, <laughs> now this is, Pablo is the Neil Roberts of soda, right? Of soda sending. <laughs> because soda sending, Pablo yeah. doesn't just send you soda. Pablo sent us a whole page write-up talking about every single type of soda he sent. Seven different containers yeah. of of drinkable liquids. Yeah. And so he didn't even, um, like, he didn't just send them. He sent them in a prescribed order. Yes. And then described them each to us. And we're going to read those descriptions because, Pablo, you went above and beyond. Yes. But it's actually really helpful to us because we don't, we don't know anything about these sodas. This is so, context. So we're pretty stoked to learn more about it because, obviously, we don't just want to drink things from the culture. We want to understand. Understand. Yeah. I mean, that's that's part of what I understand you know? a, a, another culture through their beverages. So I'm, <laughs> another culture through their their beverages. Right. Yes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read this here. I'm gonna read the the first part of Pablo's letter and up through the descript his description or introduction to what we're gonna try tonight. We've poured the first soda. We have not tried it. Right. Right. Uh, and I think before we try it, we need to make sure we smell it. I just smelled it. It okay. smells good. Right. 
What's up, guys? I'm, uh, oh, and I should say, I'm going to try some pronunciations of some Spanish words. I'll probably do very poorly. <laughs> but it's nice that you're trying. I'm going to try. You do realize that in Brazil, they don't even speak Spanish. Right. It's Portuguese. They speak Portuguese. I apologize. I already screwed up. <laughs> well, I'm I mean, a, yeah, I'm I a mean, terrible yeah, human being. So. Uh, I'm Pablo may know how to speak Spanish. I'm it's sure possible. he does. I'm sure he's a lot smarter than I am. I'm sure he's way smarter. Yeah, I already than both knows of us. Uh, Portuguese and English, so he's yeah. got he's he's way ahead. He's a hundred percent better than me. <laughs> we just would have Google translated this to Portuguese. So, <laughs> but yes, he put read me at the top in large letters because he yes. knows us well enough to know. Or yeah, in the back, he, yeah, because he knows us well enough to know that if we if he doesn't make it simple, we probably won't do it. Right. What's up, guys? I'm writing this as a sort of guide to all the sodas you have in your package. I tried to take some re- traditional regional sodas. Lots of sodas. sodas in my package. Yes, a package. Oh, boy. I tried to take right. some traditional regional sodas in Brazil, but my selection was limited to what I could access in my hometown. A huge amount of sodas in Brazil are guarana-flavored. Guarana is an Amazonian fruit uh, which has a distinct flavor. It also contains caffeine. I don't know if you guys have any problems with that. Let me tell you, I'm a big fan of caffeine. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I don't drink much caffeine, but I mean, these are pretty small sodas. I'm, I'm going to stamp Guarana approved. <laughs> uh, he continues, some of the other sodas mix Guarana and other flavors. So I'm going to guide you through the selection we have. Starting with... you're amazing. Yes. Starting with Guarana Antarctica. But I just want to say right there, yeah. you sold me with Antarctica. Yes. Yes. Like done. Yes. Let's hope it's really cold. Uh, has it been in your fridge? Ice cold. Yes. Okay, yes. Right. Uh, so this is what we're trying here tonight. Guarana Antarctica, as the name implies, it is a guarana flavored and actually, uh, it is guarana flavored and actually one of the biggest brands in Brazil. I added this one so you could have a sort of comparison point between all of the guarana flavored sodas. And we're going to stop there because we'll introduce the next one. Oh, so that's time. it. So basically this is, um... Antarctic Coca-Cola from Brazil. That's not at all what he just said. Well, he said this is one of the most popular ones. Yeah, but I mean, but Coca-Cola, you're implying it's a cola and this is not a cola. This but is I'm a saying like for a soda, right? It's like very, all you right, know. It's popular. Sure. Yeah. Right. So it's, um, it has almost a little bit of a spicy uh, uh, aroma. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm assuming that that aroma is the guarana, right? It must like, be, yeah. And we're probably slaughtering that word for how you would pronounce Guara- it. It's got an accent on the last A, so it's probably guarana. Yeah. Guarana. Yeah, Pablo, if you feel like calling 770-TEL-PTG and saying that word appropriately, we'll just, Rob will just dub it over every time we need to say it. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> In future episodes, because yeah. you Well, already, not this one, but right, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. All right. Let's try. Ready? Hmm. It's a little sweet, but not too sweet. Very clean finish. Very clean. Very clean finish. It's crisp. It's yeah. very light, very crisp. Yeah. Hmm. 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 It's almost like a kind of ginger ale finish of just a little very, bit, very just. But know, milder than that, right? Well, it is, right? Yeah. Like. I mean, after I like the aftertaste is almost like, did I drink soda mm-hmm. just then? Very, very light. <laughs> mm, maybe a slight, a slight, just just a tiny, tiny hint of a of a, a lemon, a little lemony, but but sweeter than sour. I can tell you that if if they made this 
in mm-hmm. in the America. Yeah. I would drink the crap out That's of this. That's great. It's yeah. just it's just a real nice light flavor. I can see why this would be popular. Yeah. Yeah, because that's really good. Because, you know, some sodas can be really heavy or overly yeah. sweet, but yeah. this is, oh, and, this and is really well balanced. There are Guarana uh, sodas here in the States, but they're always a lot sweeter than this. Well, because, well, you know, in the States, yeah, there's a bunch of right. fat people who are like, right. oh, it's just blah, blah, blah. Did you, what happened? Sugar. Where'd you put the bottle? Did you throw it away? No. It's, is it behind it's, me? It's over there on the desk. I'm going to grab that. Okay. Rob is going to grab the bottle off my desk, which is just around the corner. He's got the bottle. So the bottle is the green tinted bottle, um, like you might expect for like a Sprite here in America. Yeah. Or like a ginger ale. Or a ginger ale, color, yeah. right? It's got cherries on it. That- well, that must be the Guarana fruit. It must oh, be it? it must be oh. red fruit. I'm guessing, right? Because okay. there's no cherry in that. It doesn't taste like no, cherry I mean, at it doesn't all. taste like... If it was cherry, we're from America, it must be red. Otherwise, must, we wouldn't know that it was cherry. That must be the Guarana fruit. Um... It's good, though. I liked it a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the bottle, I was saying to Rob when I brought the bottle, is the cutest little soda bottle I've ever uh-huh. seen. It's so tiny. Does it say so. how much caffeine is in it? I can't tell. I don't know. There's, there's not an American-style nutrition facts uh, section on it that cleanly describes. Right, right. Yeah. Anyways, this is fantastic. I, I really, really, like really dig this. So, thank you. GuaranaAntarctica.com.br Maybe checking that out here Maybe. soon. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, th- I can totally see why he had his lead with this because it's so crisp and clean and simple, mm-hmm. but tasty. I would, I would definitely drink this. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Good. In America, we would we would put this in little glass bottles and charge like five bucks a piece for it, if right? not more. If not more, and call it like you know, we might just call it Guarana Antarctica, right? Guarana. Yeah, if I'm pronouncing like it that. correctly, yeah, I doubt it. So, um, yeah. Refrigerate de Garana. I don't understand why it says that. Refrigerate, refrigerante, which I assume means cold yeah. or refrigerated. Yeah, all right. Well, he sent this to us in the mail, so maybe we're going to die. Maybe. So thank you, Pablo. Yeah. Thank you very much. We will look forward to enjoying more of the, the delicious uh, flavors that you've shared with yeah, us in y- future episodes. You are amazing. Thank you. Uh, Jason, I wanted to tell you, I've, I've made a horrible mistake. Oh, great. What? I made a horrible mistake, and I did that earlier today, and I haven't told my wife about it yet. <laughs> so I'm telling all the builders here. You're telling in a safe space, because she'll never listen to this. Right. So so, uh, so this year, uh, 2019, uh, is uh, going to be our 10-year wedding anniversary. And uh, for, our, for our honeymoon, we went to Ireland, and on our five-year anniversary, we went to Scotland. Yeah. And so we've been talking about going overseas again yes. for our 10-year anniversary. Yes, you told me a lot about that. And uh, we were going to go to Morocco. Yeah. Why is that not happening? Well, so for a couple of... We, 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 we decided to hold off on it, because it was going to be expensive. It was going to so be expensive. The flights were crazy cheap, though. The fl- flights were cheap, but the tour we were looking at was pretty expensive. And so we, we said, okay. you know what? Let's get past the holidays. Let's get past the holidays yeah. and then may- look at it again. And then I don't know if you've been paying attention to the news, but there's been some 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 unpleasantness in Morocco in oh, the last few weeks. I have not. Uh, I, honestly, the news that I see is just so focused on the unpleasantness in America. Yeah. So there's a lot of that. So I won't get into all that night right now. Uh, uh, you know, builders, if you're interested, you can, I'm sure, look it up. So we're starting to question whether this is the right year for going to Morocco. So uh, I made a horrible mistake and I started looking at Iceland. And oh, that's that is on my bucket list. Oh man, is there some beautiful stuff in Iceland? Oh yeah. And so I'm bringing this up mainly so that I can ask if there are any Icelandic builders who are listening. Uh, and if so, if you could please 
shoot us a line, you know, 770-TEL-BTG or, uh, or buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com or, you know, because we prefer audio. If you want to record something uh, and email it to us, email us a WAV file, that'd be super, or MP3, that'd be super cool. But I'm, I'm just curious about uh, what I should see. And, and I've been doing a lot of research uh, today and looked at a lot of pictures of some freaking amazing landscapes. Right. And uh, and I'm I'm curious I'm I'm interested in hearing from some locals uh, about uh, um, what you would recommend for a, a couple of uh, a couple of American tourists with no kids who want to look to spend anywhere from five to ten days in Iceland. What, so, what do you recommend? So I've done a lot of reading about this. So Have I'm going to fill in for now until okay. we get phone calls from all the Icelandic builders. I'm yeah. sure there's loads of them. I hope there's at least one. There's loads of people in Iceland, right? Loads of them. Yes. Anyways. Um, Everything I've read, because Steph and I have actually, this is a place where we absolutely will go at some point. Mm-hmm. It's whether or not we just ditch the kids and go for five to 10 days, because that's the thing is you got to go for a while. Yeah. They say rent a car. Well, yeah. And just drive around the outside of Iceland. The ring road. Yeah. yeah the ring. And you've, you will see all of the best stuff. Yeah. Like you'll make a few, I think, inroads in certain places. But for the most part, you drive the ring road and you have seen the amazingness that is Iceland. Mm-hmm. Um so you get like the, I know in the north there's like the crazy hot springs and stuff and yeah. like you know right um yeah yeah, yeah. So. so but yeah what 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 do the locals recommend where should we stay you know what's what's the not to miss thing I would say um, um Anthony Bourdain rest his soul uh said uh don't try the fermented shark <laughs> <laughs> I you know what I will try all of it because said, when am I going to go back to Iceland I think he said fermented shark was the second worst thing he ever had. Uh, the first being unwashed warthog rectum. <laughs> All right, maybe <laughs> I won't I'm try the shark. Not making that up. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So yeah, and I have a feeling that frankly, the unwashed warthog rectum may not have tasted worse. Uh-huh. It just probably was the gross factor. Yeah, but he that dude would try anything. So well, that's true. Yeah. So why have you made a horrible mistake? Because you looked at Iceland and well, now you really want to. Now go I there? think I have to go to Iceland yeah. this year. Oh yeah, yeah, Iceland. I I'm super jealous. Uh, that is a place where in the next probably ten years we will absolutely go. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, yeah. Because we're we're trying to figure out a cool place to go in the states this year because yeah. it's my fortieth birthday and stuff. Oh. Said, yeah. hey, go. Let's go somewhere. So yeah. right yep. now I think we're, we're thinking about Jackson Hole. Um, okay. Because it's a place that's on we, our list. Yeah, it's a place yeah. we go without the kids, where we mm-hmm. could do some some adventure sporting, some whitewater rafting and stuff, sure. some yeah. crazy stuff. Yeah. I've I'm terrified of zip lines. Oh, um, oh. I'm terrified of zip I lines. Love zip lines. Uh, you should totally but, do a zip line. But, no, no, no. But but I said to Steph, I if we go there, we'll find the biggest scariest one. I'm on. Do like, it. Let's do You've it. Got to do it. So um, so worth it. So yeah 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 yeah. So um. So anyways, uh, yeah. So I wasn't trying to co-opt your Iceland. No, 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 no you're yeah, fine. Yeah. Iceland is a place we, we desperately want to go, and uh, at some point we will go for sure. Yeah. And I've heard it's a pretty inexpensive trip, actually, because That's what I've heard you rent too. the car, and then you just stay at hotels right. and, and I think flights are pretty reasonably priced, too. Right. They, they, I mean, they want people to come there, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. They're trying to build a tourist um, yeah, industry. Yeah. And it's, it's a, from what I've heard, it's a fantastic place. Lots of geothermal yeah. heating there, right. which is pretty cool. And apparently, just about everybody speaks English, or, or everybody guaranteed speaks English, right. which is which is a, a good safety net, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, cause I also really want to go to Peru. I really want to see Machu Picchu, Yeah, yeah. but I would need mm-hmm. to learn more Spanish. My, uh, my, uh, my coach that I deal with Mark, you've met yeah. Mark, right? Yeah. He, um, I still use him. Uh, he, uh, he did Machu Picchu this year and did he? when he said, he said, I'm going to Peru, Jason, I'll be back in 10 days, uh, without him even telling me, cause I know him well enough. He's, he either is climbing Kilimanjaro this year or did last oh, year. Wow. I think this year. Um, he, uh, when he said, 
I'm going to Peru. I'm like, he's doing the Inca Trail. He's doing the seven-mile hike up Machu Picchu. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can drive a car up there now. There's like, yeah, I've you heard take that, a yeah. tour bus uh, right to the top. But he, of course, did the seven-mile trail because it's what he would do. See, I would love to do that, but there's no way I'd be able to convince Christine to do that, to I the trail. You might die along the way, right? I would. I still want to try. <laughs> like, I'll die trying. Like, like, man, that's just one of those things. It's one of those things, right. you know? I think the biggest thing I've always wanted to do that I'll probably never do in my life because it's too time-consuming is I've always wanted to do the full Appalachian Trail. Oh, that's, like, that's start to finish. Huge, so, though. Yeah. New podcast. Let's just take six months of our lives. Go do that, Rob. <laughs> like the Appalachian we Trail. We might die trying. Yeah, that's a euphemism, by the way. What? It's a it's a long story. But I don't know. It's probably been 10 years now, maybe a little less than that. But there was some politician who said he was hiking the Appalachian Trail, but he was actually uh, holed up in a hotel for a month with a, with a male prostitute. Oh, okay. Yeah, so hiking the Appalachian Trail actually means... You're, um, Rob, I, I don't like you in that way. No, so that's the thing. So I, I, you know, I mean, uh, if we did, great for us, except we're both married, so that that's not cool. Uh, well, but, um, you know, <laughs> I consider you like a brother, but not that kind of brother. No, not me. that kind of brother. And that's fine. Um, I'm glad yeah. we're on the same page. Yeah, not yeah, that there's yeah, anything so, wrong. No, with no, that. no, that's totally great. Uh, to, uh, we're to both happily Seinfeld. married to, to women. Yes, right. <laughs> right. You know, so, uh, and I'm anyway. comfortable with that. Okay, so anyways. Anyway, um, so I might be going to Iceland. I hope you do. I hope, I hope you do. so, too. So, I need to talk um, to my wife about I'm it. I'm a little jealous you make it before me. Uh, if you want to go somewhere else, it's amazing. Yeah. Alaska is still... Yeah. Alaska's expensive as hell, though. That's I bet thing, it right? costs more than... I want to say it costs us, gosh, dick, 2010, yeah. six grand for us to fly up there, take mm-hmm. a 10-day um, cruise. cruise. Honestly, if you're going to go... Alaska, the first time you go, a cruise is the way to go. You just do the land sea cruise. You start on the land, you go five days out on the land, seven days on the water, you come home. It's amazing. Like, mm-hmm. it's you see everything right now. We're going to go back uh, in 2022. Right. It'll be our 20 year anniversary. Cool. Uh, we want to go back there again um and uh and take the kids like so they can actually see yeah. like and they'll be um, old enough to remember it hopefully yeah, yeah yeah that's the idea yeah and so when we do that we're not going to i don't know if we're going to do the cruise or not i think what we talked about doing was doing a cruise but going up early and doing the land excursion on our own oh, okay. like going doing what we want to do yeah and because there's some things on the like, we went to Fairbanks on the cruise. Let me tell you about Fairbanks. Uh, Listen, if you're from Fairbanks and you're listening, I'm sorry, but Fairbanks compared to the rest of Alaska is boring, <laughs> boring, uh, um, boring, boring. So um, everything, but it's worth you go to Fairbanks to get uh-huh. on a train to go through Denali. Yeah, that's worth it. Okay, uh, but Fairbanks, we spent it. Some people spent two days there, and I thought, what a waste of your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of fun things to do in Fairbanks, but I mean, we basically went and had a good dinner, drank some Alaskan beer, yeah. and then got on a train and left, and yeah. that was plenty for me. Yeah, and I, I took did. a picture at midnight, and it was daylight at night. That yeah. was that yeah, was cool because Fairbanks is north enough to, to sure. be in the full daylight. Right. Yeah. Um, I, um, that that's about what we spent though total total cost wise. That's that's around about what we spent when we went to Scotland and England. Uh, but I bet you'd spend less to go to Iceland. Uh, oh yeah, so, I yeah, fully yeah. expect it. And, yeah. yeah, and yeah. that was one of the things that we look back on that trip that we that we took to to Scotland and England. We're like, that was an expensive trip, and we make a lot more money now than we did then. Right. So right. we could totally go somewhere yeah. else. So we can say that, except for we also have children. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, right? That's the thing. We, we don't have children. Two need machines that right. cost a lot of damn money. Need um, machines. That's a good way to put it. Um, all right. So let's move on now. You uh, have an email to talk about. So we're going to talk about an email. Listen, um, most shows would make a faux pas and then just let it go. But 
Uh, we were going to do that. So, so a couple, a few episodes back, a few yeah. episodes back. Uh, in uh, and I'm not going to defend us, but I wanted, I do want to lay down the context in case right. somebody hasn't seen it. In um, we were talking about we were playing uh, a game. We were playing name five. Uh, name five. Right. And one of the things is name five types of light bulb jokes. And right. Rob just started spouting off nationalities, and then I repeated Rob. And right. one of the nationalities he spouted off was Polish, as you, there are a lot of Polish jokes. But he uses slang. But or he slur. used another word right. that's a very common word right. uh, that growing up we all used a lot, right? right. Um, shouldn't because, have. No, in we hindsight. absolutely shouldn't have. There's a lot of words I used when I was young that I'm very embarrassed that I used. Absolutely, me too. Um, and you know we've we've become a bit more. Woke, as the kids say, uh, right? As the, kid, the kids do say we, that. We've understood, right? So anyways, uh, but we apologized for it. We apologized for it. It's what we do. Rob recorded a nice apology. Uh, I didn't be just because Rob did it and it was fine. And, and you, a builder called us out on it. Yeah. And yeah. rightfully so. And a builder that we respect. We respect said, a great hey, deal, yes. Hey, guys, you shouldn't have said shouldn't that. Shouldn't have done that. That uh, was not cool. And, and so we corrected it. Rob went back. We bleeped it. Re-uploaded the episode with the bleep version of it. Um, and then we got a message about that. Um, and it's a long message. But I'm going to read it and we're going to talk about it. I am not going to say this builder's name because I don't know that they want me to. Um, so if I, I've not heard this. I'm not familiar yeah. with this email yet. So, so this will be my first time so hearing it. So if you're that builder, um, if you're that builder, don't worry if you don't want your name to be mentioned because it's not going to be. Um, but this is a long, long email. Um, and I, I don't remember a lot of what's in this email because I read it and then I was kind of taken aback and I didn't read it again. Um so this is going to be kind of fresh and raw. Uh, Rob, I'm sure there's some stuff I'm going to try and edit myself. But if I miss anything, you can feel free to bleep me. Um, is it is there is there bad language in this? I don't remember. Okay. So, well, there's the word that we use sure. that we're not going to be using. We're not so, be using, um, right. uh, so uh, I will use the word Polish uh, to... Uh, in place of the slur? In place of the slur, yeah. Okay. So uh, the email is titled, I found it funny, dot, dot, dot. That you guys took special time at the beginning of episode 341 to apologize to the uh, to Polish people everywhere for the use of that term in episode 340. It honestly makes me sad that we have come to a place in time that we feel so hypersensitive. And while I understand your heartfelt intent to do better, I also laugh because someone could be so thin-skinned. I am of Polish-Irish descent and a Republican as well as a white male Protestant and West Virginian. You owe me zero apologies. Uh, I would propose that if you call me a bouncy ball in a disparaging voice with venom in your heart, it would be much more offensive than using the terms Polish, uh, a bunch of other terms I'm not going to say. Uh, the last one is fool. I just want to be clear. None of these things he said are like incredibly racist, but they're just not nice. So, but it's all slang terms that most of you have probably used. Uh, at some point in your life. Okay. Uh, last one is fool. I don't know why that's one. But anyways, um, words change their meaning over time. And what may be offensive today is likely wasn't offensive at some point in our past. Uh, it will become unoffensive at some point in the future. Using the term Polish isn't the issue. It's a person whose ego is so fragile that he slash she demands to make it a point to demand an apology. If someone finds the moniker bouncy ball offensive 50 years from now, are we going to stop using it and chastise the people who do? Will we be, will it be replaced by the terms recoil enhanced spheroid, prodigiously rebounding ovoid body, or will it be make up a new word uh, like trescent or open suit? These just fake words he's making, I believe. Uh, okay. Chasing offensive words from the vernacular uh, while possibly seeming sensitive and caring feels a lot more akin to chasing cats 
than showing compassion. It's a tail wagging the dog, and it in it is ah, and in the most innocent pursuit seems to be a waste of time. In addition, apologizing and vowing to do better while noble doesn't seem to the solution. Confused by that, but okay. Oh, I'm gonna avoid the commentary till we're done. Instead of chasing the problem with an ever-changing list of banned words or issuing the obligatory apologies and vows to improve, I feel it would benefit everyone involved to spend more time coming to understanding that words are malleable and that um, the much that the much more important litmus is meaning. Your use of the word Polish had no ill intent. Uh, I could tell that when I listened to the episode and found it humorous that you edited out. <laughs> I honestly took a dig at Republicans a little more on the nose because the intent there didn't seem as clear. Like it was an inside joke about some boorish group of them who would never listen to your show. And it made me shake my head a little and wish we had the opportunity to get into a room and talk about some things. But it certainly, oh, smiley face, but it certainly didn't find me offended to the point of demanding an apology. Then I heard the intro to the latest show, and to be honest, I thought, oh boy, rolling my eyes a little. Not to demean you guys, I think you're both smart and insightful, because well, we are, <laughs> and entertaining to listen to. It certainly is noble to try and say that you had an intended offense, but it just feels like much, uh, a little much that people can't just enjoy your show for what it is. A couple of guys talking about their game creation journey. Your, you, you used uh, a word that is in your vocabulary that I would dare say is in the vocabulary of a vast portion of the country, maybe even the majority of the country. When you made a reference to a Polish joke, everyone understood what you meant. I would also posit that very few listeners, if any, thought less of any person of Polish descent as a result. I'm sorry for the mild rant. Please don't read it as angry because I was hoping uh, for conversational. It almost didn't send this because it's fairly irrelevant in the grand scheme of things, but I decided to anyways, and I understand my opinion is just that. And it may, may or may not be shared or even appreciated. One positive is that emailing like this gives me a chance to thank you guys for all your hard work. You make my days in the cube farm just a little better once a week, and I will look forward to another 300 episodes. And then he signed it. Uh, they signed it. Uh, it was a dude. Sorry. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Oh, actually, he said that right in the thing, so that's fine. <clears throat> okay. Well, um, so, so uh, uh, Builder, thank you for, for your commentary on that, and I appreciate it very much. Um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll start with my thoughts, if that's okay with you. I would love it if you did that. Yeah. Um, so I, I certainly hope that no one was offended by the use of, of that term. Right. Um, it, at and, least one person was, to at be least clear. one person, at least one person was right. And so, and we know that for a fact. Uh, and, and if it, even one person was offended, then that means we, we did a bad job. Uh, we were not doing, we were not being as, welcoming as we sh as we want to be as we strive to be right so um so the points made about how language changes and and language uh language evolves and usage and things that that's a good point right uh um that's that's something that that you know uh, cer certain minority groups uh, or or oppressed groups um, talk about that and in, in using these these words, these slang words, and in, in, in within their own community or within their own culture, and reclaiming them, right, taking control over them, um, and and that's something that some of those groups, uh, uh, you know, uh, and and in that context, I think about black people take, taking taking the N word, right, 
uh, and and um, gay or non-binary people taking back the F word, right? Right. The other F word. The other, the not yeah. the, right, yeah. yeah. Um, words that I'm not going to use here because because it's not my place to do right. that, right? Because they're I, not your words. Right, but I, yeah. Um, in those communities are entitled to take back those those words and and use them in whatever they, way they see fit and and, and um and I'm not a part of either of those communities and I and it's not my place to to use those words. And so that's kind of the root of my first thought about this that I am not I'm not of Polish descent. Um and in even if even if it's even if a, a Polish person would not be have been offended by that, it's not my place to to say it's okay because well it, it, even if you were so i'm are you good can i say something yeah no that's a good so statement. i am part polish i believe uh I'm a lot of european stuff and i i think probably at least part polish and it doesn't here's the thing it's not like using a, a reclaimed word right uh we were not using it as in to say like i'm a polish person right mm-hmm. instead we use it in the context of there are jokes about these people and what what that's doing is that those jokes were meant to classify the whole group of people who were polish as slow as stupid as mm-hmm. you know right um in fact uh i actually made a joke about uh dutch people not liking to change uh, and i make that joke because i go to a dutch church where people admittedly don't like to change but that doesn't apply to all dutch people right because i'm a dutch person who loves change who loves progress who's very liberal Mm -hmm. right so even outside of that context right um but but so one of the things that he said that really stuck with me was um you know i'm a republican and you said negative things about republicans a group of them right them these people um, and you know, you made that, that, that was okay. And I found that more offensive than you making this Polish reference, but here's the difference. Here's the difference, dude. And, and, and I respect your opinion. You're entitled to your opinion, but here's the difference. The, the group of Polish people who are, are being called dumb by using this term and this, these jokes that we all grew up with, right? Um, th- those people didn't do anything besides be Polish, right? When I complain about a Republican, here's the thing, buddy. If you're calling yourself a Republican and you're voting Republican, I disagree with the actions you're taking. You weren't born into that. You made those choices. You make those choices every time you claim to be a Republican or vote in that way or you say you're conservative and vote in that way. That is 100% you can do that, right? 100%. You can love our president. You can think he's amazing. I'm going to disagree with you, right? But you are taking actions, you were not born into that. It wasn't, you weren't born Jewish and therefore had to vote Republican, right? I mean, like, <laughs> it's not a thing, right? Um, if you choose to take actions and we disagree with those actions, uh, I'm going to defend that and I'm going to be okay with that. Now, that said, I have a lot of friends who are conservative. Heck, I go to a, a, a conservative church, right? Uh, I'm not conservative, but I have friends that are conservative and I don't discount everyone because they're conservative. I do don't like their actions when they take actions to do things that I think are bad for other people, right? Um, and I'm not going to apologize for feeling that way. I don't have to be a dick about it, right? And I don't think we are. I think we're actually pretty cool about this stuff, right? Um, but I feel like we absolutely, like Rob said, we we need to do better. We need to apologize. Rob, something you said around the when we came up with the, the had the contest to come up with the catch instead of the Trump suit, right? Uh, that was a because because as you said many times words matter right words do matter and the context of those words can change and I might be able to say 
a word today, maybe bouncy ball to use your example, who guy who sent the email, like I could use bouncy ball. And, and if 10 years from now, bouncy ball is suddenly offensive, I'm going to stop using it. I'm not going to feel bad that I used the word bouncy ball back in the day because it wasn't derogatory, right? The fact of the matter is the, 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 the Polish word we used was always derogatory, but as a society, we were okay with it. And now as a society, we're saying, wait, we're not okay with that. We're not okay with that. And we're going to do better. Some of us, some people don't care. And you know, if you're not offended, if you're thicker skinned than other people, good for you. Like I applaud you. I'm glad you are, but not everyone is. And yeah, do we go overboard sometimes and getting like super offended by things when we shouldn't? Of course, right? We're humans. But the fact of the matter is, if you if you see someone is genuinely trying, like Rob and I were, right? We mm-hmm. said something dumb, we immediately apologize for it, and now we're still talking about it because it matters, right? You see that? I hope that you I hope that you you forgive us for that. And I hope that you you give us the benefit of the doubt there that we are two dudes from from specific backgrounds that we have to us that are trying, right? Um, you know, I mean, you and I, for a good point, we're on very different pages for a long time, socially and politically. Mm-hmm. We still aren't the same, no. but we're a heck of a lot closer than we probably ever were. Sure. Um, and that, I mean, I think I've come more towards your side, but I think you've also come a little towards my side, right? I mean, it's been kind of like as you grow and get more knowledge, you learn more things, and and you're you're more you're more you know uh, aware of the things going on around sure. you, and that's important, right? Yep. Um, and considering how other people feel is important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, me too. You know, and you know, if if uh, if us saying negative things about Republicans offended you, hey. I'm sorry that that happened, but if you're going to tell me that you're going to take these actions and you're not going to care about how people feel about it, that I'm not going to, I, that I'm not cool with that. <laughs> like that's going to bother me. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. So that's my, my rant. You look like you want to say something. No. Um, I, I mean, yeah, all the other points that I was going to make you, you just made, right. And, and words matter. I mean, that's, that's the thing, right? Um, you know, we're in a time socially and politically where we see how important words are, right? Absolutely. We have a president that whether or not you like him, uh, and you're welcome to do whatever you want. Obviously this is America. Um, you, uh, you see the, the heinous things he says, right? And you know, people like it's so unbecoming of the office. It's so unbecoming of being a freaking human, right? That's what's like, you you want to hold people this presidential decency. I don't even think that that's a thing. I think we hold people to human decency. And if if you've got somebody tweeting from the White House who's not doing that, that's extra sad. Yeah, I agree that that's more sad than if Rob was doing it. I mean, I'd be more sad if Rob was doing it because I I know Rob. I love Rob. I've known him forever. And if he was doing that, I'd be really let down. But still, right? As a a country and as a culture, it's sad to see that. Um, So anyways, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have anything else to add. Downers, we I, love downers. I, yeah, no, thank you for for making those points. Um, I yeah. think said better than I I was prepared to say. So thank you. So um, um, this um, I don't know. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is probably the last thing we have to say about this because we don't want to yeah. make this podcast yeah. about about this stuff. Um, but y- y- but yeah. So go go ahead. Yeah, but I mean, if, if other folks listening right now. Um, have more to say or want to add to the conversation, we're happy to hear that. And uh, as, as any of that feedback comes in, we'll, we'll Jason and I will talk about it and decide if we want to yeah. um, 
And a uh, um, person who wrote the email, yeah. if you uh, have more thoughts you want to send them to us, uh, I one of us or both of us will reply to you directly, gladly. Sure. But we don't want to beat a dead horse in it. This is, you know, our, we don't want our podcast to be some big political thing, right? Yeah. Uh, but you know, right. when when someone addresses something like this, we felt like we should talk about it mm-hmm. um, because a builder uh, who was who, frankly, from your email, sounded at the end like you were a little not sure about sending the email, and you did, and. You know, and if someone does that, I think that it's on us, um, being a documentary podcast, that we respond to that. Yeah, and um, we appreciate we yeah. appreciate you doing that. We really do. And thank you, thank you for sending yes. that in. Yes. Um, you know, we don't have to agree, but but we appreciate you uh, you contributing to the conversation. And, and you know, one of the things you said in the email that I think really really struck me as important and absolutely correct, and I one hundred percent agree with is sitting down and talking to one another, getting to know people, even people who you who you think have a completely different opinion than you, right? Sitting down and being able to have a true, real conversation with them, I'm always for that. Absolutely. As much as I don't like our president, I would gladly sit down and have a conversation with that guy any day of the week. If that made me understand why he's crazy and where the things he does, like it would be great to hear that from another human being um, because I don't think there's enough of that in the world. I think we really fail at that. Um, and I know that's something that's important to you, Rob, as well. Yeah. And it's, yeah. But it's hard, right? Um, when you come so diametrically opposed to one another, it's, it's hard it uh, to do that. Um, so I appreciate that you you mentioned that in your email. I completely agree with that. I hope we get to see it at a con sometime, shake your hand, and maybe play a game. That'd be great. Um, speaking of games, uh, I have kind of a longer pitch tonight, so do I should it. probably just jump into that. Go for it. Okay. So last week, I talked about the fact that um, I was trying to... I was trying to find the game, the thing that would really inspire me. Um, and, uh, you know, the, and I just I felt very lackluster about a lot of the designs I worked on, even the ones that I felt like were good. Like I got good feedback and I felt like they were doing well, um, you know, they, and I'm proud of them, but they just they just weren't doing it for me. Right. And the idea of playing those games 100 times, you know, once it's published, showing people like this doesn't really excite me. Right. And I know other designers go through this all the time, right? You have your favorite designs, you have your less favorite designs, and um, you know, and that's that's okay. Um, so, uh, all right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do this pitch a little different. I'm gonna kind of talk through the the way that I came up with this and the goals. Okay, is that is that cool? Yeah. All right. So um, the big thing that I was trying to do here is so you know we talk about kind of our unicorns as game designers and. Of course, for me, theme-wise, we all know what that is, right? It's some sort of cabin thing in Alaska. This is not what I was going for. I, what, what, what got me into games in general uh, after playing Dungeons & Dragons was miniatures games, right? Miniatures games, CCGs, um, kind of that realm. And the thing that really, for me, were these collectible miniatures battle arena games, right? Here's the thing. Uh, I don't want to design a, a collectible miniatures battle arena game because one, I'll never sell it, right? Um, and you know, we talked before. One of the things I'm motivated by is making a game that I think somebody might actually want to buy and print. Uh, because, oh yeah, me too. Yeah, because I want to make a game that people are going to play, right? Because that's kind of like, like you want to make a movie that people are going to watch, right? I mean, that's that's the idea of the creative process. I want to write a book that someone's going to read. <laughs> um, so, um, the big thing here is. I wanted to see if I could. So I took that idea and I said, how could I make a miniatures battle arena game without miniatures or an arena, <laughs> right? Which sounds really dumb, right? But uh, so I started thinking about that. I said, well, I bet I could do it with just cards. And so I thought, how could I do it with cards and no board, right? Um, which seemed like a bad idea. Um, 
And I could think of a million reasons why not to do it, but I was super intrigued by that because the movement, kind of that the dance of the miniatures on the board, right, is what it kind of feels like when you're playing a game like Dungeons and Dragons minis or even like a Dream Blade, which is like a like an extra um, technical chess type game. Um, the, the kind of the movement is really what makes the game. So, but I thought so many times when you have cards and no board, the movement can be super fiddly, right? Um, and somebody who really hates that is, is, is Rob. Uh, he hates when I've designed games where you're measuring with cards and stuff and he wants to set them on fire. But Rob mentioned Parade last week and Parade is a game. It's not fiddly, but there's a lot of card movement in that game. That's true, yeah. And it doesn't really bother you. So, oh, no. So I thought... I would use Rob as my like barrier for entry into is Rob going to be annoyed by the movement in this game? And if he's not, then other people probably won't be either. Frankly, I think everybody when designing games should, should stop at some point and say, gosh, would Rob, would Rob enjoy this game? And if they think yes, then they should just give up because that game is going to be terrible. (laughs) But anyways, I'm not saying I'm not saying I want you to enjoy this game. What I'm saying is, oh. I want you to not be annoyed by the movement. Gotcha. To have the movement not be something that would make you not do that, right? Okay. So okay. So from there, I thought, all right. So I that, those are my two goals. So the next thing I thought was it can't be collectible because making it collectible, uh, well, first of all, again, you have to find a huge company to print that. I'm not going to do that, but I want it to feel collectible. So I thought, how could I do that? So I started with 18 card decks, right? You have 18 cards in your faction deck, right? You get a uh, ceiling a little from Smash Up, except for there's no Smash Up. It's just you've got the 18 cards. Uh, we would start uh, prototyping with uh, with um, with uh, four factions, um, just to give it a good you know way to test it out, and then theoretically add four more before I was really showing it to publishers, right? So there's eight solid factions. Balancing becomes a huge issue with this, and I, and I know that, and that's okay. Um, all right. So the next step in that really was all about trying to find a way, um, to make it work with just those 18 cards and, um, and what was the goal of the game. But first I needed a conquer movement, um, because the movement again, it had to work to make the game work. So but I, I'm going to get to that in a second because I, you need to understand the cards first. So okay. in your 18 deck of cards, you have a set amount of types of cards, um, you're going to start with a certain number in play. The rest, you'll have some in your hand and then you'll be drawing more as you go. All right. Uh, so what you're going to start with in play is you've got so a couple different types of cards. You've got a portal. So the idea of this game is the theme right now is kind of this amalgamous, like you are in, um, this, like you're all coming from these other dimensions, right? And you're doing it via a portal. That portal is your main power source that's pulling your guys in. And then your opponent also has a portal, right? Okay. So the portal is a card. It's a two-sided card. Um, they both do the same thing except for the minor variations. At the start of the game, you actually get to choose which side you use. You also have a character called the Lookout. That is kind of like your captain uh, where they are going to imbue a special ability to your entire team. A little, little advantage that gives a little different in-game play. Uh, again, that will be double-sided. You'll get to choose, right? So it feels like I'm constructing even though I'm not, right? And if I'm not sure, I'll just pick one side and use it, right? And they're both going to be decent. It's not going to matter. The other cards uh, are going to be a mixture um, of three types of characters. You've got your shield, which in uh, in an MMORPG or or the like would be a tank, right? Your big tough guy is hard to stop, right? 
Uh, at the beginning of the game, you're going to start with one of those in play. You've got your flankers. Um, you're going to start with two of those in play, and they are your attackers. They're your DPS, as they would call them, right? And then you've got your utility figure, and I needed a better name for that, but right now it's just utility. Uh, they're your crowd control, your all sorts class. of... Yeah, yeah. They do support. They do healing, all sorts of stuff, right? Okay. So at the beginning of the game, you're going to start with two flankers, one shield, and one utility guy. And they're going to have like a little star on them or something. Those are your starting ones, right? Not going to be nearly as good as the ones you've got in your deck later that you're trying to get out. So I've drawn a little diagram here just so that I can make sure you understand it. And then if it doesn't seem clear, you can help me explain it. Okay. So this is this is what's going to make the movement work in theory. Okay. So um, this is uh, this is my side. This is your side, right? You should make sure you put a copy of this in the show notes. I can do that. Yeah, yeah. I can do that. So so I think I can explain it to where it makes sense. But so the first thing we're each going to do is we're going to take our starting shield guy and we're going to put them uh, top to top orthogonally, right? Right next to each other, right? So I've got one on my side of the line. You've got one on your side of the line, right? Directly behind that shield character, we're going to put the portal. Okay. On both sides of our portal, we're going to put a flanker on each side. And then behind the portal, we're going to put a utility. So we basically have made two plus signs that are now lined up with each other, right? So if you look at that, that creates our grid, basically, of movement, right? Okay. Is that, are you seeing that? Does yep. that make sense? Yep. And then off to the side, you've got these little L characters. These are your lookouts. They are not part of the grid, but they are there for the whole game um, uh, to do stuff for you, right? So that's six of your 18 cards are out there from the beginning. Right. Okay. I'm guessing you're probably going to have another five in your hand, and every time you play a card, you will draw a card, or there'll be some guys that will let you draw cards, right? Okay. So movement. Here's how movement works. I If I move one of my characters, I can move them anywhere where they would be uh, one space, right, for movement, where they would be orthogonally adjacent to another card, right? So that makes it simple. So like by shield could move up orthogonally adjacent to their shield, right? So they can move diagonally. They can move diagonally, but they have to end up orthogonally adjacent to something. And that space that they land in, because it could get fiddly if it got too big, must be within two spaces of a portal. Yours or the other guy's. Doesn't matter, right? Um, So that means I could have one here, but an extra one out, that's three spaces away, cannot do that. Does that make sense? So that kind of keeps it in this tight little shape here. That's the idea. The goal of the game is simple. I either want to eliminate cards to where you have no cards left in your hand, or the better way, the faster way to win, would be to to have my guys end a turn surrounding orthogonally your portal. When you want to bring in a new guy, you can only do that in one of those four spaces. You don't have to bring a shield to the shield space, right? But that's where they start. But Unless I have an empty space next to that portal, orthogonally, I can't bring any new cards in. So it becomes super important to move your guys and to make those spaces, right? All right, still following? All right. Yeah. Okay. So um, the next thing is how how do we do moves, right? So the, the cards have stats. They have an attack and a defense. Uh, killing a card is is simple. It's if my attack is higher than your defense when I attack you, right, or my two cards attack, whatever, in that turn, you're removed from the game. Like, you're out, right? You go to the uh, to the discard pile. Um, and that discard pile just never comes back to the game um, unless something lets it. Um, and then everybody has special abilities. Now, this is where I, I tapped into Dreamblade, which is, I think, one of the smartest miniature combat games I've ever played. Very little movement. Um, but everything was built on special abilities. Uh, and the way they powered special abilities was with dice. 
Uh, and I liked that. So I, I kind of co-opted that idea and then changed it a little bit. Um, so the way you power special abilities in this is with dice. There are eight dice. Um, there are um, there are four types of energy you can have in the game. Right now, those are as simple. It's triangle, circle, square, and, and star. <laughs> it's that simple, right? Because uh, I don't really care what those are. The idea is that each faction is specially has a special bonus for that one type of energy. Um, but you're going to roll all eight of those dice. So uh, the breakdown on those dice are going to be um, uh, two ones. So it's six-sided dice, right? Two ones, a two, uh, just the number one and two. And then two, two slides that are one of that specific energy for that die and one side that is two of that specific energy, right? There'll be two of each of those, eight dice total, four different pieces of energy, right? So on the beginning of that round, if, if, I'm, the, if I'm the starting player, I'm going to roll all eight dice, and I'm going to pick one. You're going to pick two. I'm going to pick two. You're going to pick two. I'm going to get the last one. Okay. And then I'm going to get to act first because I started the round. Um, I'm going to use those to assign those, those energies to my abilities to use them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now the ones and the twos, the way those work is pretty simple. Those can either be movement. So I can, if I have a two, I can move somebody two spaces or I can move two different characters one space. A one is pretty obvious. Those also can be used to augment damage. So I have a two. Hmm. I could add that to an attack to, to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I can only attack, though, if I have the energy to attack, right? Um, now, so that it's not like you're constantly like locked up and can't do anything... Um, every card would have at least two types of energy on it that it could use um, to do something, right? So the chances of you being able to do something are, are pretty pretty good. Yeah. Um, and this is something I would work with in balancing, right? So every card has two types of energy. And then I'm thinking um, that uh, the one type of energy might work as a wild or there'd be some other bonus if that was your faction's energy. But the other thing that does is that main type of energy is what's going to make your portal be able to bring more people in, Right. Um, so, uh, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that is kind of the core of the game. Uh, and then what I started doing was I went through, I got all my old Dreamblade miniatures and just started looking at abilities. And I literally have two pages full of abilities and each line is generally two to three different abilities I could use. Um, you know, some of the abilities are like, oh, that ability would not work, but that makes me think of this idea that could do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pretty stoked about donating a lot of 2019 to working on this game. Um, and I'm kind of taking a slow approach uh, because I don't want to burn out on it because I really think um, this could be a fantastic uh, game that could sell very well. Um, and the cool thing is if you have four factions, I mean, you have eight factions, um, with uh, you'd be uh, like so if you started with four factions, for instance, it's a seventy-two card game. Like it's boom, seventy-two cards, hundred and forty-four. If you wanted to have four fact, if you wanted to have, and frankly, you could have two sets of the game that start with four and have four more. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, games would play on their own, but if you wanted the other things, uh, and then I would want you to have the ability as you got to be an advanced player to build your own deck if you chose to. Like if you and I were really into it, mm-hmm. I know this isn't your type of game, um, but if we were really into it, we could build our own faction and play that way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's two player only, obviously. Um, you could do you could do four players though by having two players play two games at a time, right? Um, and uh, because you'd have enough for two people to play yeah. two full games. 
Uh, or if it had eight in it, you'd have enough for four people to play two full games at a time. So, um, yeah. All right. Does that does that all make sense? Yeah. I tried really hard. Like, I actually practiced this pitch yeah. to myself more than once because I understand that it could be confusing if I did it wrong. No, I think and I, I I get that. That's that's a neat idea. Um, uh, and I'm trying to think of intelligent questions to ask. Um, I mean, if you can't, that's okay. Uh, yeah. um, I mean, it sounds neat. Yeah, it sounds neat. It sounds like a good system. Uh, um, right, and that's what I'm trying to develop is a system yeah. that I can then. I, I think thematically, I want the factions to be. Um, kind of weird, right? Like, yeah. you know, like one faction is like space kittens, right? And another faction is like, like medieval something, like something like that feels. This one of the things I think Smash Up does well, right? Is it's yeah. got like fairies and and zombies and and you you're, you're you're smashing together in that game, which is what makes it so interesting. But I also think that having like the weird, uh, actually, Dead Drop is a good example of that. Um, so Dead Drop. Uh, when they did that game, they did the Kickstarter to make the game better. They just kept adding in more versions of the game. It was the same version with different artwork. Yeah. I, I have opinions on, but because uh, I think it's kind of weird. But what I will say about that is, he ended up with a lot of cool artwork, and I, I kind of want that idea, right? Like where every faction would be a different artist, right? So it has its sure. own very unique style, but the graphic design hall pulls it together, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what I'm going for. I want mm-hmm. like kind of this weird theme that um remember we had phil kilcrease on the one time and we pitched him that game with him fifth street brawlers it was the idea of like all of his ips oh, yeah. smashed together like yeah. something like that would be cool right mm-hmm. like almost like a smash brothers style game where mm-hmm. you've all got your own different unique styles put together or uh, into the spider verse is another thing that kind of popped in my head of like yeah. you've got these this cohesive story with all these random types of artwork that don't really fit together, but somehow look real good together. Yeah. 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 And that requires careful balance, but, um, yeah, it, that's not totally not my problem, but right. <laughs> yeah. No, that, I mean, that sounds neat, man. Um, yeah, no, I would love to try that. Um, I'm, I, um, I mean, I haven't heard all the special powers that you have in mind. Right. But, um, I'm not even sure that those would make a lot of sense to me until I play the game anyway, right? Pro- probably not. But I yeah. mean, there are things like attacking, moving. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. It would be... It's the hardest thing to get right, but the easiest thing to come up with, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you basically define rules and then say, here's abilities that break those rules slightly, right? right. And it's that simple. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, it sounds neat. Uh, I'll be happy to try it when you get so, a prototype together, yeah. So my first goal is to make one prototype with two decks, Yeah, right? I think it's and a good goal. And keep the abilities super simple, mm-hmm. um, you know, not too game-breaking, um, and then see what happens with that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, a good goal. So yeah, and then once I have that working, then I'll add two more factions, uh, tweak the ones I have, and then really start heavy playtesting with that, uh, and then from that, I think I'll see, oh, it'd be cool if you could do this. It'd be cool if you could do that, right? Mm-hmm. And then just start tweaking it to match that. And this is this is uh, this is going to be a you know, if if I had something at Gen Con to show a publisher, I'd be really excited about that. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, that's the kind of pace I want to set. I don't want to yeah. rush it. Um, you know, uh, yeah. I think next month game night at One Well, if I could have two factions and then get a couple people to play against yeah. each other. That would be really cool. Right. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah that's yeah, well, that's my hope make that make that your next goal I'll be happy to, I think to I do will. that. So, yeah. yeah, I'll have to show it to you before that because I want sure. somebody else to <laughs> sure. take an opinion of it before I go showing it to a crowd. Yeah. Well, cool. Anyway, so yeah, I, I feel pretty stoked about it. Do you have a name so, or anything? Nothing. Nothing? Literally nothing. Okay. So um, yeah. you know, this has been really mechanics first for me, which is weird for me, I know. But, <laughs> yeah, it is a, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's because theme kind of runs away with me and I just like, I really wanted to focus on getting those mechanics right for making a you know, that miniature battle arena game without miniatures or an arena. And I'm hoping to do cards and dice only. I I may need to put in like a few markers and stuff like, you know, like, like one little thing of coins or something. Depending on your powers or something. Right. The idea is if you don't kill someone at a turn, it's over. But the problem is, um, you know, uh, you you may attack them with three different people in the turn, right? Which means now you right. have to remember how much damage you're doing and that can be a little fiddly and I want this to feel super clean. Mm-hmm. Um, that's important to me. It just feels really clean, really simple. Yeah. Um, so to have, you know, a few quick damage markers would make that easy. Yeah. Know? So yeah. Or like... Um, that would also open things like on the back of a damage marker could be an X, which means you can't use your ability this turn. So I could do something to stop you from using sure. your ability. So sure. I probably should open up the design to allow for that. It just seems smart. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's probably worthwhile. And again, if it's, you know, if you've got a double deck box, right, yeah. you could easily fit one sheet of probably 12 tokens on there. No problem. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, just of, of punchable ones. So, mm-hmm. and that's easy for me to use uh, in designing. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, and we yeah. are running kind of long. So yeah, we are. Wrap here. Hey, so thanks, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, building the game podcast at gmail.com seven seven hotel BTG at J A Slingerland at poorly underscore designed at podcast BTG building game podcast.com building game podcast at gmail.com uh, I feel like I repeated myself. That's okay. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week and good night. Please don't use the email. (laughs) Building the Game is a co-production of Imminent Entertainment and Poorly Designed Studios. All of the ideas presented by Rob and Jason are property of the Building the Game podcast. Next time on Building the Game. It's like the Lego Dark Angel. That's a weird thing. Um, that is from the front of the ship. Oh, okay. It's the Black Pearl Angel? I don't know. Yeah. It's creepy as hell, though, it isn't is it? It is creepy. Yeah, it's good. I like it. I approve. <laughs>